And of course, the podcast in which we talk about childbirth is the perfect one to have three dudes here and no members of the female sex whatsoever. So there you go. I Good think plan. I know a thing or two about uh, about childbirth. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you would. I mean, Al and I, no idea, obviously, but. <laughs> Thomas has fathered many illegitimate children across <laughs> uh, several continents. And um, yeah, so come get your child support. But before you do that, we want to make sure we get this podcast in. So, hi, I'm Justin with me today for Community Rewatching 101. It's Thomas and Al. How's it going, guys? Hi, good. Not too bad. Thank you. How, how are hey. you? I am psyched because Al has a special announcement today. Ladies and gentlemen, you can hear my voice. <laughs> Al got a new mic, people. I have a real deal actual microphone that will actually take my voice and transmit it across the interwaves. Who is this stranger? I, I don't understand. I can't. I can't. It's amazing. So crisp. So clear. So smoky. Smoky smooth. Smoky, smoky smooth. smooth. <laughs> you got the title of our show already. smoky smooth yeah it's it's gonna make it a lot harder to ignore him so it's i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but he's he's here he's crisp and he is not to be ignored and so that's good so yeah i'm I'm excited we i think you're like the second person who's been doing this podcast who decided to upgrade their mics along the way yeah, as you guys know, what the listeners don't, I listened to one of our episodes the other day and was legitimately horrified at the sound of my voice. So for anyone who's stuck with us for nearly two seasons of what I was doing, I am so, so sorry. When we're on the final season, it'll be fun to like compare how it sounds to our first episode. Oh, gosh, I don't want to go back to the The first one was <laughs> so badly mixed and our mics were all over the place. And uh, we need to delete that and just re-record it, I think, at some point. We'll just keep looping back. We'll keep redoing the seasons over and over again until we all die. So uh, this will only be here for a little while. Anyways, hey, we're... We're back. I don't know where Heather is. Uh, maybe, maybe she will join us halfway through. That would be kind of cool. I think but in she's the delivering a baby in a van in the parking lot. It's it's possible. She's often having adventures in the background. Uh, but in the meanwhile, we will do our best to do season two, episode twenty-two, applied anthropology and culinary arts. Ooh, they are just stretching with these titles. But I'm not going to harp on that too much. I have a pop quiz for you guys today. Are you ready? No, nope. ready. Born ready, baby. Okay. So this season, their class that the community group is taking together is anthropology. And I was kind of curious about this, about how many episodes of this season have we seen the inside of the anthropology classroom? Ooh. I wanted to ask you guys how many you think that's been. Uh, let's see. Uh, so episodes where we've seen it at all, even if it was like a short. Yeah. It, right. Even if it was a short scene. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess this whole season. What have we had? Like 22 episodes. I'm gonna guess five, including including the, tonight's episode, including this one. I'm going five. Okay, five. Al, what do you say? Uh, I was thinking more like eight to ten. So I'm gonna highball it and say ten. Thomas is on the nose. It's really? five. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. I I, I, I I could be wrong, but I went back and I, I combed through the episodes. And this is how it broke down. Episode 1, 3, 5, 12, and 22. 
So that's pretty much it. Like that's there's crazy. not it's not as many as you think, especially if you go back to season one and try to count. I'm sure like the the, the uh, Spanish 101 episodes, maybe half. I would say at least half of yeah. the season features some some Spanish in some way, shape, or form. But I, I started to suspect this because I we come back to this class, especially in the 12th and 22nd episode. I went, yeah, it's been a really long time since we've seen anthropology. Kind of forgot they were in here. And there's there's a reason for that. They just haven't been showing it. So and I guess there are episodes where they talk about, like the last one where they were talking about making the diorama. But you don't right. actually go in the class. Right. So that must have fooled me. Fascinating. So I just wonder if they had this whole set sitting around. And they only use it for five episodes, or did they just tear down the set and rebuild it every time they needed it? I, I don't know how these TV things work so well with, but I would I would assume that was kind of more or less a permanent set for the season. I would assume I, the same. Yeah, I can't imagine them having to rebuild this set five different times. That's just that's just bad planning. Yeah. Well, anyways, we have a bottle episode tonight. And it doesn't feel like a bottle episode. I think that's because they have so many characters, hmm. so much going on. But yeah, we're just we're stuck in this classroom. I think it's the first and only episode this entire season where we are just in the anthropology classroom. And we're going to be looking at all of the events on kind of the second of three season finales we have for season two here. Um, was Heather on tap for our summary today? She was. was. She was. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a crack at it. I'll be our understudy. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how this goes. All right. It is the uh, anthropology is now having their finals, and Professor Duncan's not taking it too seriously. But when the dean shows up uh, with an interview for Dean Magazine, and <laughs> Duncan. Vimooses and Shirley goes into labor and Troy and Abed sell their handshake and an indecent proposal move to Pierce. Things get really crazy really fast. And that's not even including the mass food riots or what we call a race kerfluffle that's going on outside the doors. So, yeah, there we go. Season two, episode 22, Applied Anthropology, Culinary Arts. So much to talk about. But what I want to first talk about, and I get get your guys' uh, gauge on this, is the guest casting here. We have a lot of secondary characters in this this one episode. We've got Neil, Vicky, Starburns, Chang, Dean. Uh, the I forget the interviewer's name. And uh, Andre as well. And Andre, yeah, Andre shows up and. It, it's ne- it's one of these things that makes Greendale feel like a real school, which they used to be bad at, and they're getting much better at. Yeah, and they have a larger cast of these secondary characters to draw from, too, which is good. Uh, although I am disappointed, like Leonard. Oh, man, Leonard would have been fun in this episode, and <laughs> we haven't seen a lot of Leonard here. Uh, I would have liked to see Garrett try to deliver a baby. That would have been- <laughs> Yeah. There's definitely a good one or two Garrett lines that... that uh, yeah, that could have been here. I absolutely could see that. So what was your favorite, out of all the, the names we just uh, went through, what was the one you went, oh, yay, they're in this episode? I actually really enjoyed Starburns in this episode. I mean, I always enjoy him, but in this one, he had some great moments. And even the moments that aren't 
focusing on him. He's just sitting in the background of the class, like swigging from a from a little um, flask. From a flask, and uh, and I, yeah, I love his moments where he just gets singled out, <laughs> and and his his iconic look is has never been more iconic. <laughs> I never stop chuckling every the the both of the times somebody said something and he stood up and went wow <laughs> yeah he was really excited what he was like a little kid again? you know he's so easily one of them was oh yeah one was that the, the uh, well clearly he's a fan of this magazine um, Dean magazine Dean magazine <laughs> that's two right. episode two issues so far yeah. Yeah, he, he just, uh, I wonder how much of that is just because he's extremely drunk and will find anything interesting. I don't know. He does a good job with the uh, with, with the prop work in this episode. Like Thomas said, he's just, he's constantly nipping at his flask and just does a very good job reminding you that the entire class has just been getting sauced. Yeah, <laughs> and I like the moment later on when, um, what is it? Does Shirley say, uh, I don't want to be giving birth with so uh, I don't want my baby's first thing to see is to be starburns. Yeah, something and, like that. and his look is just like, come on, that's a low blow. What? Come on. So starburns is played by Dino Stamatopoulos, and I'm just going to pretend I pronounce that correctly, and I have no idea. <laughs> um, but he's actually he's actually a, a main writer for Community, and from everything I've heard, he didn't like acting, and he. Never liked being on the show. It was always one of those, oh, do I have to? And they dragged him out. And so that's why a lot of his scenes are very, very short. And he never, I don't know if he gets a main episode. He gets some that are about him. Uh, but yeah, it seems like some, if you haven't seen him in a while and you wonder, oh, why hasn't he been around? He's probably squirming his way out of it in the writer's room. Yeah. How is it that, is this the writer's just gagging on Dino by making it by keep throwing him into episodes even though he doesn't enjoy it I mean if you're a main writer on the show how do you wind up in a sh- on camera when you don't want to be that's yeah and, or, and why or is that we, Dan Harmon just being unreasonable that's also that's, possible and why do we as far as I know not see the other writers much yeah why are they singling right. this guy out I don't know. I mean, according to Wikipedia, he was in 39 episodes, which seems higher than <laughs> I thought he was. But um, yeah, it's a long that's... time to do something you don't like. <laughs> yeah. Well, it kind of reminds me of The Office. I know, uh, you know, several of the writers of The Office uh, were also actors and they would kind of put them in the back room so that the writers could go and just write. And then they can pull them out of the back room and have them be actors when they wanted them to be. But kind of doing that double duty, it's it's interesting. Right. I I like that. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, Al, you didn't answer. So which which of these side characters are you excited to see? Um, it's a, he's got a pretty small part, but I was really happy to see Neil back. Actually, yes. I was happy to see him, and I was happy to see him not suicidally depressed like he was in the D and D episode, but to see him happy and you know maybe having a thing going on with Vicky and just kind of being a student. Also, somebody who's recognizing how the the Greendale Seven kind of run the school. I, I really liked the the small part that he had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I like this hinting between him and and Vicky. It's really cute. He's, he's a little bit more confident. Nobody's calling him Fat Neil anymore. It feels like progress with the character mm-hmm. that he's not just uh, a label 
or your joke, but yeah. So how about um, you? Well, yeah, I hmm. I gotta say, I think Dean. And the only reason <laughs> I'm gonna go with him is he, Dean's always a lot of fun when he's getting very flustered. And this episode, you know, as things kind of degenerate both inside and outside the classroom, and he's trying desperately to get this, you know, really good interview going. Uh, it's it's really fun to watch him start to panic. But oh my goodness, I have never laughed harder, at least this season, than when he tries to make this reassuring face to <laughs> Shirley, and he does this bizarre ha 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 ha. I don't know what that was. I rewound it like five times because I was laughing so hard and. I, I always forget that it's coming up, and when it comes up, I'm just like, "That is, that's brilliant." I, yeah. I don't know what goes on in his head, but it's. I love the character. I love how he's like this childlike. You know, I just want people to like me. So mentality, but yeah. So he's he's fun. It's it's. I think we've had a lot of episodes this season where we wish the dean was there, and and here we just see like how powerless he is, and how. Really, in his own Jeff-like way, he's very narcissistic, uh, but uh, he's also adorable. So yeah, I'm, glad I'm sorry for laughing when you said the dean was your choice. I just uh, I didn't know he was on the table as one of these options. He's my choice too. Then, um, and this is uh, this is one of these manic dean episodes as well. Like, not since I think the conspiracy episode have we seen him uh, lose his mind so much and get so worked up. <laughs> Yeah, he's so front and center in this episode. I actually kind of, I didn't think of him as a choice uh, because I'm sorry, he's, I no, no, no. Well, he's he's not a main credits guy, at least not yet. Yeah, so yeah. he counts. But yeah, he is. There's a lot of Dean. Anyone who's a Dean fan, this has got to be a top five for them. So this is also a sitcomy thing where we have the birth episode, and it always seems like that's that's a big thing for sitcoms. You know, we got, we have to have somebody pregnant for a while. And there's a one episode where they reveal, Oh, I'm pregnant. And the audience goes oh, and starts clapping. And then, you know, a sooner or later, probably for the season finale, they're, they're going to give birth and that's going to be a big moment. And then the show's going to forget from then on that they had the baby and they're going to pretend that kid never existed, which actually kind of happens with Shirley's <laughs> kid. Um, but in any case, Oh, the reason I brought that up is uh, there's a lot of tropes that go with it, and there's always a dramatic breaking of the water. Hmm. Now, my wife gave birth four times, and her water broke once. It doesn't happen all the time, and it's certainly not like you know a fire hose has just gone off. And uh, but the way they the way they they posit it here, it's like uh, the dean's like get every mop on campus. Uh, so I don't know what's happening with Shirley, but apparently it's. Um, She's she's going into very violent labor all of the sudden, so so much so that they can't get her out. Uh, they end up. I like that the fact that they do come up with a a reason why they have to stay in the classroom and this whole uh, unseen storyline with the how many how many different race food carts did they have national food carts uh, trucks that they came along and apparently North and South Korea and barbecue don't get along. <laughs> And that was the only indication of what what's causing a race riot out there, but uh, yeah. yeah, race kerfuffle is was definitely my my phrase of the episode. <laughs> I love that so much. 
<laughs> he's, he's desperately trying to downplay, <laughs> which is apparently this, the the campus is getting torched alive. Yeah. So yeah, so Shirley is stuck. She's got a. She starts going in contractions and water breaks, and she starts going to labor. and And Starburns is there, and everybody, of course, is really drunk. Let's not forget that the, the whole episode we didn't even mention Duncan as an option too. Duncan, there's another. Oh yeah. Cool. Man, we so many side characters. They pretty much everybody here except Leonard. So yeah, he's at the beginning, and then he just hightails it out of there. But he had some pretty funny lines. I love the, uh, and that's how Jews celebrate weddings. <laughs> Anthropology. <laughs> that was a good, good save. Good yeah. So with Duncan, I believe um, that I've read that this is the last time we see him for a long time. So it really makes him running off that much more meaningful because he is really <laughs> gone until like seasons from now yeah i think he doesn't come back till season five i love that idea that he just hightailed it out of the campus and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> became a nomad <laughs> wandering from community college to community college he's a character i don't he, he's very funny but i don't think the show knew what to do with him quite as much i mean if you kind of trace where he was over season one He's sort of Jeff's confidant and his sort of drinking buddy at the beginning of the series, and then they ditch that, and then he's sort of, sort of a psychiatrist who's you know kind of fulfilling that role, but not always. And now you know he was his teacher for a little bit, but he didn't really know the class. And I mean these these are funny bits, but nothing consistent. It, it felt like they were kind of fishing all over the place with him. So. Yeah, they gave him this great role in the pilot where he was like he was kind of Jeff's confidant, but also like he pulled one over on him. I forget exactly what it was. But, like he got all the, car, the pages yeah. that were all blank, and he gave yeah they, he got him to get his car, and it was sort of a fun dynamic for just the pilot. And they never ever made him that intelligent. Ever yeah, again. and I, I really liked that episode where him and Annie were doing that study on people in the waiting room. Oh, that's true. Um, that one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he has, he has moments. He has genuine bursts of like insight into people's character, and usually he's just delivering it offhand. Uh, you know, when when there people are having conversations, he's like, you know, remember when he was talking with Jeff, and Jeff was freaking out about his mortality, and Duncan kind of gave him some really great insight into himself and oh yeah but it wasn't like you know he's he's not doing it from the position of here let me help you it's just kind of almost like a reflex like he just knows this stuff so he'll fling it out and this is kind of a torch that spoiler alert he ends up passing along to britta because kind of britta fulfills this role later on in the series as the group psychiatrist hmm. it's so. it's funny it's like where um <laughs> We're having to do a little Duncan retrospective here because that's that's it for that's such it. a long time. Why Duncan? Um, yeah, yeah, and and him doing the the Abed's animated Christmas episode was probably one of the high points for Duncan for me too. Um, yeah, that was a big that was his big role this season for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, let's start let's start combing through the episode here. So yeah, at the start, there everybody's everybody's drinking. And they're having the easiest final exam ever. Uh, Annie's not very happy. <laughs> I like how really not happy she is that uh, she's not getting judged on her academic strengths. And uh, 
<laughs> and what does Duncan say? You know, throw paper balls at her head until she sits down. <laughs> it's a. Uh... Are you sure everyone should get A's? <laughs> <laughs> it just it reminds me of Annie from season one when Chang was, whenever he wasn't a good proper teacher, and she was just upset that you know the academic world wasn't coming out on top. Annie doesn't really know how the real world functions sometimes, but. Uh, I like this. Yeah, and I, I like that we do have this wild cast of characters. Everybody's sitting there, and I guess the first time you're going into this episode, you don't you don't instantly know what's happening until maybe the baby starts coming. But uh, it's it's nice to have all these bullets lined up in your gun, all the different characters, different little plot lines going on. Um, but yeah, surely surely is the it's the centerpiece, the center of conversation. I do want to before we get too far into it. Let's give a little bit of credit to Shirley. I her actress is really putting on some interesting faces and it's not easy to spend an entire episode mimicking being in childbirth, but I think she does it and she does it pretty funny at times, uh, especially as she's having to deal with the dean shrieking in her face or Chang giving her yet another insane story and um Anyways, I, I don't know. I just I don't think sometimes we give Shirley enough credit, and this is not an easy, easy bit part to pull off. That's a good call. It's got to be an exhausting role to play, and and you would, uh, if she did it badly, you would know immediately, and the episode wouldn't work. So it really kind of relies on just a a, a good, solid giving birth performance. And I think she really makes the most of it because even though this is like a very, like you said, she's the centerpiece of this episode, she doesn't get to do a lot else. Like all the plots revolve around other people. Shori and Abed have their side thing. You know, Britta is, she is learning about natural childbirth versus, you know, what, what Shirley wants. And Chang gets to be wild and crazy, but Shirley just kind of has to sit there and be in labor. And I think she really does her best to make a meal out of that. It feels very weird to me that I like this episode, but it seems weird to me that this is sort of the culmination of her plot this season, but she herself doesn't have a lot to do. Mm, yeah. But she really did. She really goes for it. And you can tell, like Thomas just said, if she didn't do this well, the whole thing would fall apart. So props to Shirley for sure. And I think the audience is going, oh, thank goodness this storyline's about over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, are we really on the edge of our seats wondering whether or not it's Chang's or Andre's baby? No. I remember the, the first time I saw this, I didn't care. And now I, I especially don't care. Uh, I, I yeah. think we talked in the past about how Chang is really good used sparingly. And here he's – this is an example of why he should be used sparingly because when they shove him into the camera this much – He's just he, he loses his flavor very quick. There's a couple good Chang moments, but I felt like if I did did, did need to dock this episode any points, it's because there's maybe a little too much Chang, and it doesn't work as well as I think they wanted it to. But. Interesting, because I actually I feel differently about that. Okay, tell me I about. Think, it. I, I generally agree. I it, overall I agree with you. You know, Chang is he's he's good as like yeah as the gravy on top, but not. Not the meal, but I love watching him just say increasingly horrifying things about Chang babies and what all that is going to mean for Shirley. And just, 
I don't know. I find it to be really funny and just her getting more and more just fed up and freaked out and just really working on her. And then the episode turns that on its head and him talking about the the resilience and the, the, the whatever of the Chang family is the thing that calms her down enough to be able to to focus and, and deliver the baby. I actually thought that worked really well. Uh, but that's not normally how I'd go. So I don't know. I guess I thought it really worked here. Some Chang babies only gestate for eight months, depending on how much of the mother they eat. <laughs> that was a good line. I'll give them that. How much of the mother they eat. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of fun stuff, like depending on different different character dynamics going back and forth, like interactions. I think my favorite is Jeff and Britta, especially Britta. Uh, but... Jeff and Britta, I love I love it when they get into this bickering brother sister kind of you know one upmanship, and it's you know Je- Jeff's smarmy I know better than you and Britta's uh, overly enthusiastic I know better than everyone, and that those two forces clashing together it makes for so many good lines in this episode. Uh, where Brit is like, women have a connectedness to their bodies you would never understand. You have a booger. I know, it's part of me. <laughs> I love that. Just Jeff taking her down so quickly and, and Britta just coming right back. But yeah, there's this is such a good Britta episode that she's so she's so confident in who she is, she thinks that she can tell Shirley who's had two babies before how to give birth and what 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 is the uh like let's not go with uh with drugs let's uh do pig saliva or something like eucalyptus root and pig saliva (laughs) and shirley's increasingly horrified face there is uh (laughs) that's awesome um, and I thought was it, that an epidural is the only way a proper Christian woman can get wrecked. Yes, <laughs> pretty great line. So this is this is the the in joke in our family. My wife has had four kids, and my wife had epidurals three of the four times, and none of the epidurals ever worked. They never had time. She gave birth so uh-huh. dang fast, and, and that's why that she didn't have them four times because the fourth one came. Uh, so quickly that they didn't even have time to drug her up. And every time she's like, I just want the epidural. I just want to get wrecked. I just don't want to feel this. Like, well, yeah. As Abed said, the bus pretty much drives itself. So the baby's coming out one way or the other. And you just got to deal with that. I do like the callback to Abed's uh, background stuff in the earlier episode, which is randomly funny if you didn't notice which i always seem to fail to notice but if you actually caught on to it i love that they don't forget that that happened i wonder how many people saw this episode and went when was that and then they went back and they found it yeah like you know maybe maybe nobody would have ever noticed if uh (laughs) they didn't make this a a direct quote yeah (laughs) there's there's some other good callbacks here i really like the the vicky Neil conversation they have at one point where Vicky says we came so close to having one class that wasn't all about them and Neil said remember when they all took that fishing trip on St. Patrick's Day and Starburn says that was a good week yeah it's lovely to constantly get these reminders that the study group is kind of 
terrible to a lot of people around them and it absorbed uh takes all the oxygen out of the room constantly yeah i don't remember if this was on air or if this was afterwards but we talked about saved by the bell once upon a time which is a show i grew up watching and loving and how (laughs) that group of students was they ruled the school. They were in charge of every committee. They were on every sports team. They did absolutely everything. Nothing happened in the school without them driving the bus. And everybody thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I think that's probably true in a lot of shows of that kind. So I yes. really appreciate how much the rest of the school really cannot stand our main characters. Yeah, I, I think they have a complicated relationship. Sometimes they, they do like them, but a lot of times it's just like, oh, you guys, I can't. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, nobody else. The reason they're all bit they're all bit characters and none of them want to ever step up and do very much. So, it you know, if they ever want anything to happen, they have to let our main characters do something. Yeah. I just I, I love the fact that they called back to the previous episode with the St. Patrick's Day clip show and and really canonized that if it wasn't already you know like all of those weird flashbacks were actual things that happened and uh yeah that was i don't know just i i love it whenever they toss out little bones to people who are really paying attention to the details in the show so that's good it's becoming um, a rich tapestry <laughs> isn't it <laughs> Well, part of that rich tapestry is this weird little subplot of Pierce wanting to buy Troy and Abed's chest bumping hand handshake thing that they do. The little high five. And uh, he offers him, what, a thousand bucks? Yep. And they they take it. They sell it. And, and Betty Grable is apparently involved in this whole deal. We don't know who she is, but. Yeah, Pierce. Pierce has bought this, by the way, because he hates the handshake and he knows the second they sell it, it will ruin it for them. And it does. And it's it's a funny I mean, it has nothing to do with the whole pregnancy thing, but it's it's a really Troy and Abed ish kind of little thing. And I, I love that they not only identify right away, this is indecent proposal and they get really excited, like oh, we're being indecent proposaled, but they do it. And then they're immediately shamed. And, oh my goodness, Troy is sad. No. <laughs> the Earn way he does that, like, a, like an old lady, is just, it's beautiful. He goes from zero to 11 so fast. <laughs> it's beautiful. This really is a little subplot that could have been plopped into any episode, I feel like. So I wonder if they just kind of had the idea and it's like, oh, which episode is running short? Throw it in. Um, I mean, it doesn't have relevance to anything else going on here, which That's is my... exactly what it feels like. It feels like somebody said, hey, we're about four minutes short. <laughs> what do you got? Yeah, what's an idea? We got this one weird half-baked idea with no payoff, but it's kind of funny. And when, well, and, and, and when Troy runs up to Jeff, he's like, Jeff, Pierce tainted our special handshake with his blood money, and now we can't get our magic back. And Jeff's like, are you serious, guys? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's not important. <laughs> that's uh, that's good. Like you know, yeah. The, sometimes these dumb subplots don't need to be treated with reverence. They're just silliness. Yeah, and, and I, yeah. It is. It is fun, and I really I enjoy it. But I, I also like can imagine if there was an episode where it was like 
one of the main plots where they built it out a bit more there could be a lot of fun there too mm. I reckon they could take it further well um oh this is just a little detail but I like that when Abed's talking about the baby he delivered earlier in the year and Troy's like where was I and Abed said oh you were in the background <laughs> yeah I like from Abed's perspective they were all in the background and that was his his week that was that was a cute cute way of doing that yeah you know what al i might have to give you a little bit more credit because i i keep looking over and i, d- I did write down a lot of chain quotes here uh Yay. if you if you can visualize a rabbit riding a dragon it'll increase its chances of winning lotteries <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was sure. great and he goes on this weird thing about how during the war they were put in concentration camps or back on it, but they're put in, uh, you know, POW camps or whatever, they, whatever they're called. But then, which is, you know, like a very serious thing. But then they had to work in the mines and spent their first five years underground. And it just goes <laughs> to this utterly bizarre thing that it, I, I will not pretend I know an awful lot about the... Uh, you know the, the 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 Asian camps in California during the World War II, but I'm pretty sure they weren't working in mines underneath the state. Oh, I thought he was talking about like China, like World War II in China. Like they had concentration camps over there. Oh, Japan. I assumed that they were talking about in the U.S. Oh, okay, that would be uh, a whole different thing. Yeah, they might have mines there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it, that's a, such a Dan Harmonism, though, right? Take take a dark subject matter, makes everybody uncomfortable, and then just push way darker, and then it becomes funny, <laughs> right? And weird, and you're just like, okay, I'm not even offended anymore. I don't know what this is. It's just bizarre. Okay, um, yeah, I, I, I love. I, I wrote down. I love this moment and the way they frame the camera when Britta checks under Shirley's skirt to see how far <laughs> yes. the baby's along. It's so very creative. They treat it like a horror movie where she's just, oh, how do, how do you describe this, right? Where the camera's in her face and the lighting and everything's dark around her and the look of sheer terror on her face and then she, she ducks out and throws up. It's a, it's just, it's a good, it's a good camera moment. It's a, I mean, obviously, they can't show a lot of this stuff. The fact that they yanked out a... I don't know what they did with the baby. I'm always watching newborns when it comes to, like, baby delivery episodes because, Al, you know what a newborn looks like. And usually, they're pulling out somebody's like, you know, six-month-old or something. Yeah, no, exactly. No, no, no. Newborns yeah. are tiny and wrinkled and look a little bit, but not entirely like Winston Churchill. I, I don't... Yeah. I think they got a pretty decent model. I mean, we got a baby butt there for a while, and it looked kind of wrinkly and weird so they do they do okay here but yeah no it's definitely better than your average sitcom where like you said <laughs> these child these children are way on their well on their way to their first birthday when we see them <laughs> that, that newborn just say his first word exactly <laughs> he's already walking look at that are a lot of babies born in classrooms the uh no a lot more are conceived <laughs> no strike that that was the new <laughs> Uh, that's that's commu- that's Greendale for you right there. Yeah, the reason Britta is trying to trying to take over um, because Annie is is not prepared to deliver a baby. This is like her only good line. She's like, "I need to take a class or shadow a nurse or have my hu- mom hug me first. Yeah. <laughs> my mom hug me is great. Well, yep. As long as she has one of those three things, she could deliver a baby. But she has none of them, and 
Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. I think I think Annie does kind of get a, a short end of the straw on this episode, but that was a good bit. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, I don't know. So we have we have the baby thing. We've got the the food riots going on the outside, and all we have is the dean running back in periodically, looking more and more frazzled, and and telling us how bad things have gotten. Uh, they can't even get a ambulance there in time. They say it's like an hour at some point, but then they get there by the end of the episode. So I guess they did okay, anyways. He goes beyond frazzled, though. He winds up with ripped clothing and covered in dirt from head to toe. And, like, it, it seems like he, like, went to, like, like Woodstock 99, crawling through the mud <laughs> to get back into the classroom by the end. I kind of want to see that episode, right? I want to see the – I just want to see what happens. I know it's, this is, like, what they call no- the noodle incident. Have you heard of that TV mm. trope? Yeah. So, noodle incident is where – they just kind of reference something that's very outlandish and weird, but they don't give you a lot of the details. So your your mind just fills it in on its own. And it's kind of funnier that way if, than if they showed it or explained it. So so maybe that's maybe it's a good thing. But the fact that Greendale would riot over food trucks is very Greendalian, I think. So. Yeah, very, very believable. Yeah, going back, I want to go back to this uh, back and forth between Britta and Jeff, which I, I wrote down word for word, uh, because as Britta is giving all these this horrible eucalyptus root and pig saliva advice, uh, Jeff's like, listen, backseat birther, Shirley's on her third kid. She doesn't need a 30-year-old slacker with two one-eyed cats governing her body. <laughs> Britta's like, well, to, first of all, together, my cats can do anything. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> And then later on, Jeff's like, he just keeps needling her. And he's like, what, you're going to squat in a babbling brook and a beautiful star child is going to slide out on a ray of sunshine while your cats each half watch. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Her one-eyed cats. And this is not the first time we've heard of her one-eyed cats, right? She was knitting little eye patches at one point. For them. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. That's some good callback. I yeah, I would have forgotten completely about that. Having one 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 eyed cat is is something, but the fact that she has two is yeah. That's all you really need to know about Britta. It makes me wonder if they're both one eyed from the same incident or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no. uh, I don't really want to know. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and I then, know that we're not always in for the um, the more. I don't. I hesitate to say serious when it regards to anything in community, but we're not always in for the more serious stuff. But I really do like how Jeff turns her plot. You know, when you know, he pulls her aside and says, "Like, look, you want to help people so badly that you are willing to puke to do it." So clearly, you are the right person to make this happen. I, I I'm misquoting there, but I really, really like. I, I like everything with Jillian Anderson's plot in this episode. I think she is really great. And uh, I don't know. I like the way it's constructed. I like that. It, I think it takes up just enough screen time. I just I like that whole thing. Yeah, I agree. I immediately, think... right after she says, "So you're saying I'll be a good mom?" <laughs> He's like, "What? Yes. No." <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I agree. It's a completely wonderful, heartfelt moment, and it tells you so much about her character. And then she just, yeah. I'm sorry, Thomas. Go ahead. You were no, no. You're right. Uh, yeah, I found it sweet too but i it didn't convince me that britta was actually the right person for the job like i was still kind of like 
no, she's maybe still just best to stay out of it. I still feel like someone like Annie could talk to Shirley better. Um, but it was sweet. I can, I always think like Abed's Abed's the ideal guy. I I don't. He wasn't making weird praying mantis faces at her. He was pretty. I mean, wouldn't you want somebody who's really calm and has delivered a baby before? That's. Uh, but Abed's got that robot voice. Then have other people talk but, to her, but he can still deliver. I mean, it's not. Can he just become Don Draper then and help deliver? Yeah, the baby? just play the. That's right. Just be an ER guy, you know? Like, yeah. Ah, that would have been interesting. Yeah, I guess maybe they don't want to go to that well one too many times. Otherwise, he becomes the Andy Kaufman on Taxi, where he's constantly dipping between personalities. Hmm. But yeah, going back to Britta, oh my goodness, this moment where she just goes, uh, like, Britta for the win, and she's just charging in there, and it's all about her. And then when the baby's, (laughs) she's like, I'm nailing this. You're doing good, too. That's right. And the, <laughs> the look on her right. face, like she's doing something so much more important than Shirley, is great. <laughs> it's Baby Greendale. You don't have to name it that. I don't have that power. I'm merely the deliverer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! I have never loved Britta more than that moment. She's just so so into all of this, and you just yeah. I've heard so many people they. I've seen this common refrain where, oh, man, we don't like how Britta gets dumber in the show. And I don't think she gets dumber. She just gets more quirky. Mm. And I love her quirkiness because I think it's, it's so much better comedic material than the first several episodes where she was just kind of the the downer uh, who, you know, was kind of the serious, serious person and the smart person. Though. Yeah, she seemed much more like the she was the the. The object of Jeff's not affection, but uh, his, uh, the object of his desire. Kind of, he was. She was the cool college chick that he wanted, and uh, they let and her be a real person. Yeah. yeah, they just got to totally deconstruct that whole persona and reveal, like, no, 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 we're all just weird idiots. That's pretty much true of everybody everywhere, right there. <laughs> Well, the baby's born. Uh, Chang says, I never told you this part, but all Changs are born with tails. So it is not a Chang baby. I don't know if you guys didn't know that, but it's not. It's not his baby. It's Andre's baby. So that whole subplot went almost nowhere. Uh, Although he did kind of get her through the pregnancy. So she says, let's name him after Chang. After the person who, by the way, tried to kidnap her kids. Hmm. Yeah, we're, we're forgetting that a few episodes back. And uh, we're going to call him Ben Bennett. <laughs> I like that little, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If only it's it got that, that feeling of like, I wish I hadn't said that in public in front of all these people. It's not too late to back out of that. You, you right. can. Middle name. Middle name. Yeah, or just say, hey, you know, you, you'll be the godfather or something like that. You know, yeah, middle name. Middle name's good. There are a couple of moments here where I don't quite know what I, I'm, what to feel about Chang. Like, when Andre first arrives, there's this, like, shot of of Chang where Ken Jeong plays quite a, like, straight, serious, like, realistic, like, disappointed look. And it's kind of like... 
was a bit too real for me, I think. It kind of took me out of the comedy. I was like, wait, are we supposed to feel bad for this guy? Um, He's a little hag dog Loki, yeah. Yeah, a little like, uh, now the real guy I can't compete with is here. I will just go and sit in the corner. Yeah, I feel like this season has a lot of that. I think I went on a thing about this a few episodes ago about it. Um, And Pathetic Chang is my least favorite. And this season has a lot of Pathetic Chang. I kind of wonder if they had brought in Andre a little earlier. If they could have maybe mined a little bit of competition between the two. Mm, Yeah, that would have been fun. snippy lines between them and, you know, it's... I don't know. Andre just kind of seems to be, be ushered in really quick. He almost yeah. gets very, very. You know, he's really not, not no contribution to the episode other than it's good that he was there and they get to name the baby and there you go. And Chang gets to concede to him, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> After a long, heartfelt campaign. Yeah. <laughs> I just yanked a little dude out of my friend. Britta says that's that's a good way to describe birth. And Jeff, oh so on the nose, says, "Yeah, I guess we passed anthropology." Okay, thank you, thank you, Jeff. I, I like the two of them totally dropping their persona and getting lost in the idea of a new baby for mm-hmm. just long enough before they realize, "Oh wait, no, 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 we're too cool for this." The little the little fingers you just want to nibble on them. Yeah, yeah. I, I do that every time I see Thomas. I just, it's, it's so tiny little hands. I just want to nibble on them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it happens to myself. I look down, I see my hands. I just go, oh, just these tiny little hands. I want to nibble on them. <laughs> my, my wife used to, when the, the kids were very small, uh, she would just plop their whole foot in her mouth and, and make them laugh. <laughs> yeah. And they don't believe us today that she used to do that. I'm like, I have pictures. She would do it all the time. <laughs> and there, there's not a part on your body. She wouldn't just go. Hump and, you know. uh, yeah, we're just. Yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, the Dean doesn't get his big interview because Dean magazine was the worst idea for a magazine ever and shut down before he got the cover. So poor Dean. Poor Starburns going to be so disappointed. Yeah. I do like when the Dean's like, I'm a good Dean. I'm a good Dean. <laughs> yes. And he has his, his cathartic moment of joy. With the freeze frame. That was Yeah, sweet. the freeze frame ending. <laughs> it's not a good episode if you don't have a freeze frame ending, right? So, and then uh, for the closing bit, we have Troy and Abed pulling on a fire alarm because it's more finals. Nothing happens. The box isn't attached. And Dean comes around the corner and they just have a really nice moment of staring at each other before Abed says, cancel school today or we'll tell everybody about this. It's like, okay. It's a good beat. It's a nice beat. Yeah. So, okay. Well, there, there you go. That's the third to last episode of the season and the end of anthropology as it is, as, as it was, as it ever will be. But it's not the end of this episode because we've got to go into report cards. And I'm going to roll the imaginary dice here. And uh, the guy with the new microphone gets to start us out here. All right. So there's a lot to like in this episode. I think we touched on just about all of it. Um, I I do also want to highlight, I really like that we learn that Andre has the nickname Sugar Boots. 
because that is also a nickname in my household. So that was really fun to see that in the wild. And uh, I think everyone's got something, at least some kind of funny moment. It doesn't reach the heights of ridiculousness that my like highest A episodes go to. But I love the character stuff. I think again, I really like the Brett apply. I think it's a very strong Jillian Anderson episode. Um, I wish Shirley had more to do. And I do think the Abed and Troy thing feels a little tacked on, although I think it's funny. So I am comfortable putting this in the B range. It's good. It's good. I like it. There's nothing wrong with it. But but that's about as high as I'll go with it. Okay. Thomas, do you want to go next or you want me to go next? Um, I I think you should go next. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so... I'm, I'm glad we got back to anthropology. I'm glad they didn't completely drop this. It is sort of the theme of the season, the idea of, of family and and growth. Um, so, yeah, it's it, I guess it sort of makes sense that we're looking at this weird found family and they're overseeing a birth. And it's an interesting, interesting the way that they do this. Uh, I, I As I said, the birthing episodes and sitcoms are a dime a dozen. We've seen them so many times. It's usually just a few, oh, 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 there's the baby, you know, and in here it feels a tad more authentic, a little ridiculous. I I do like the fact that, you know, we get another bottle episode and yet they don't really call it out. It's just kind of a very natural bottle episode. And yet they do so much you'd never feel claustrophobic. It's there's always stuff going on. There's always characters, always developments. It's hilarious. The the British stuff alone is worth the price of admission. And on top of that, just having all these other characters, Starburns and Neil and Vicky and the Dean and everybody else. It's it's really fun start to finish. Um, I don't except for I the fact that I don't think all the change stuff works as much as you know I I could have done a little less chang in this episode maybe a little more starburns it's okay we'll we'll make do uh i'm okay giving it an a just because i really enjoy this episode i have a great time every time it comes around and i don't have a lot of bad things to say about it it feels very greendale it's goofy uh but yet it's it's joyous in the end and i i do like a good joyous ending episode um i i also like the fact that it just we get hints about how weird and out of whack Greendale is, which is, you know, it's this unsaid character here, the, the conglomeration of all these students and this, you know, if you applied here, you'd be accepted by now. This, this is bottom tier community college. And it shows by the fact that in this episode, everybody's drinking, you know, during a final. And some of these extras, by the way, if you watch them, they're, they're milking those props so hard. Like, there's a girl that sits next to, um, ah, shoot, in the front row. I don't think it was Pierce. No, it was Annie. Yeah. Anyways, she was just, she was grinning a little too much. She's waving her flask around too much. You're just like, oh, man, that extra wants a line so badly and not going <laughs> to get one. But, yeah, I, I like it. It's an A. What do you say, Tom? Uh I don't think this episode worked super perfectly for me. Uh, I I like it a lot. It um, it's really enjoyable, but I found it funny rather than hilarious. 
and I I wish it it kind of went more places. It doesn't kind of like escalate to as much as I was hoping. Um, I feel like some of the more out there season two episodes have have got me less interested in these kind of slightly more contained or controlled episodes in a way. Um, I mean, there's there's heaps to like. I love everything the Dean does always, and he's this is a brilliant Dean episode. Um, and there's so many funny lines in here, but really for me, it's it's a C episode. It's a good episode that I like, but I I won't think about much. So a C. Boo! Boo! <laughs> Running the gamut here. ABC. Yeah. Wow. Man, where would have Heather been? D, Super A, who knows? Mm-hmm. Oh, we 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 didn't get her. Hopefully, she'll be back the next time as we go into the the two parter for the rest of the season here. But yeah, there you go. That's season two, episode twenty two. We are almost done. Let's let that soak in for a second. Almost done with the entire season. Wow. And we're gonna we're gonna of course always have a little bit of a break between seasons, and when I say break, I mean a special episode will be tying up the season, maybe looking at some outtakes before we gear up for season three. So yeah, this it's good stuff. I'm glad I'm glad we've gone on this journey so far. Uh, even though it has ended in a greatly disappointing place where Thomas gives an amazing episode a C. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the, the seasons get dramatically shorter from here, too, don't they? No. Season three is still pretty long. It's 23, 24 episodes. But oh, okay. ep- uh, season four, five, and six are all half size. So, yeah, we, we got one more long one. That's good. Yeah. Season three is pretty awesome. Good Agreed. Side. So we must be nearing the halfway point of episodes, probably around mid-season three, maybe, would be halfway. I guess, or early season three. You're making me do math, man. I yeah. appreciate that. Just work it out now and tell me the answer. Three, two, one. Why why bring me why bring in <laughs> math when you're subtracting from our fun? Oh wow. I heard that line in a movie, I'm like, I'm gonna use that as many times as I can. You stored that away and used it at the perfect moment. Well I done. did. I did. I actually saw um I don't know, do you guys know the Bruno and Boots book series? It's a kids' book series. No, at all. Uh, it's written by Gordon Corman. Uh, I think the first book he wrote when he was actually just a teenager, and it ended up being a, like his bestseller. And so he started writing all these other. It's about um. It's about these two Canadian boys who are at a boys' boarding school in Canada, and they're always doing wacky adventures. And speaking of like a central core cast that everything always revolves around them, that's it's basically community just the kid years and i found out this past week that i mean i loved these books when i was a kid i read them all the time there's like eight or nine of them and they made movies like just a couple years ago and i watched the first one the other day uh, bruno and boots jump in the or yeah go jump in the pool something like that and it is hilarious it is really funny and like nobody noticed that it, it just was a um, netflix thing and uh, got almost no reviews, and I'm going to rectify that. So, anyways, that's my <laughs> that's my advice there. But it, very very funny lines, and if you like Community, you might might want to give it a shot. Hmm. So, 
Another thing you might want to give a shot is our website, MutantReviewersMovies.com. Mutant Reviewers is where you want to go for other movies. You ever get bored with everything coming out this summer? Uh, anything that's in the movie theaters and you go, oh, man, I'm so tired of another superhero movie. I'm so tired of these Oscar winners. I just want quirky gems that nobody ever talks about. Well, unless you have Thomas living with you, you need a source. And that source is <laughs> MutantReviewersMovies.com. We love weird quirky oddball cult movies and we have reviewed just so many of them at this point so yeah check us out over there and we'd love to to see there and thomas are you still doing youtube should i should i be promoting your thing uh, at this point or is no that... it's 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 downtime at the moment nothing new to All see right. there for a while <laughs> okay we're gonna start a gofundme to to make sure that thomas <laughs> can quit his job and just create youtube videos full-time I don't excellent know. Yeah, that's it. Follow us on Twitter at 101 Rewatching as long as Twitter lasts. All hail Twitter. We'll see. <laughs> and that's it for today's show. So, you know, go have a baby, have a drink. Don't do the same both at the same time. And we'll see you guys again in a couple weeks. Bye, everyone. Listen to the quality of that mic. Wasn't that amazing? Oh, it's like you said goodbye to your ears. They call me Huntington Kingsley. Kingsley.